Hey there, welcome to episode nine of the second season of the Simplify and Multiply show. And in this episode, I will be interviewing Vicki Griffith. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Vicki Griffith is one of those gentle souls that when you encounter her at first, you're really not sure exactly how to engage her. At least that's how it was for me. But she was introduced to me through Renee Burke, who, if you've been listening to this particular season, I interviewed Renee a couple episodes ago. And Renee uh, had wonderful things to say about Vicki, so I thought I'd uh, engage her. And at the time, I wasn't really sure what Vicki did or how she could help me. All I knew is that she had helped Renee, and Renee was just like, you've got to talk to her. So when I first had my conversation with Vicki, I talked a lot because I care so much about the work I do in my business. And I always want to do more, do better, and I know the buck stops with me. So there were certain things in my business like growing a team and you know, my ongoing reluctance around sales and selling. And I wanted to get some real movement and some real breakthroughs in those areas because I knew that they were holding me back in my business. I talked to Vicki about this and she's like, absolutely, I can help you with that. So what's really cool about Vicki is she uses several modalities to work with her clients. She's so soft-spoken, but yet she, it's kind of like a velvet hammer. (laughs) I guess that's the best way I could put it because it's very effective and her delivery is just so soothing and so calm. She started in this work as a weight loss coach. She still does weight loss coaching for her clients. In fact, she's got a really cool program uh, called 40 Pounds in 40 Days. And it's a great way to actually understand where your barriers are around hidden belief systems or ways, I guess patterns is probably a better word, patterns of thought that are really keeping you from being your fuller you. And this is so important in the work I do when I'm coaching my clients. We spend so much time focused on mindset and belief systems and really looking at ways we can carve out better belief systems that support where we're going, getting people into the mindset where they really know what they are capable of and they own it. Like it's it's just like totally clear to them. And for a lot of us, we've kind of conditioned ourselves to think a certain way about who we are, what our limitations are. And a lot of this stuff is unconscious. We don't really know what we're thinking or how we're talking about ourselves 
or any of that. And it takes someone like Vicki to use her tools as either a hypnotist or a EFT professional, which is emotional freedom technique. That's the tapping. It's become very popular in the last five, 10 years. And what's really awesome about these techniques is it's almost like a, I guess it's like almost like a distraction. It kind of distracts you from the the mental exercises of trying to figure stuff out and it just goes right for the emotion it goes right for the unconscious thoughts that are that are brewing and causing all of these you know negative things we say about ourselves and it's a beautiful way to actually have some real solid forward movement and some breakthroughs in patterns of thought as she says in the interview awareness is the first step and whether you work through it on your own or hire someone like Vicky to work with you, it's definitely worth the investment to explore and understand the things that are keeping you from being your most successful solopreneur and business owner. So let's go ahead and listen to my interview with Vicki Griffith and listen for the nuances around where some of the stories she shares may be something that might be going on with you or someone you know. It's really great what she shares in this interview, so I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Vicki, it's so great to have you here on the Simplify and Multiply show. How are you today? Oh, I'm fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate this. Awesome. Well, listen, for our uh, our audience, I'd love for you to just kind of, in your own words, just talk about your journey as a solopreneur. I mean, you have a very unique business, and uh, you certainly have helped me a great deal, and you've shared a lot of great stories about clients and what their transformation has been. That's why I wanted to have you on the show especially during the season where we're dealing with fears and unknowns in business. So if you could go ahead and just get us started and tell us a little bit about your work and how you got into the work that you're doing today. Absolutely. Thank you. So most people will know me as a weight loss coach. So I work with women who've been struggling with dieting to really lose weight and keep it off without all of the sweaty workouts or grueling food plans or giving up chocolate, which I would never ask anyone (laughs) to do. So, however, out of that comes people who come to me and say, well, I don't really have a weight problem, but I have XYZ going on for me. Usually it's a business issue and they realize they're stuck. And those are the words they use. You say, I'm stuck. I can't get myself out of what I'm doing in my business. I know what I'm supposed to do. I hear this all the time from my clients. I know what I'm supposed to do. I just can't get myself to do it. And they realize that if they don't get past, it's kind of like what Einstein said, keep doing the same thing over and over again is the definition of insanity. They realize that if they keep doing what they're doing, that they're either going to have to quit their business or they're going to go into debt or they're going to just keep struggling. And they would not like to do any of those three. And so when they when they come to you with those types of challenges, which I, I'm sitting over here nodding my head going, yeah, <laughs> I can totally relate to that because you and I have actually worked on some of those things uh, in our past sessions as well. And you've really helped me cu- come to some real great breakthroughs where I can actually be uh, much more in action and get stuff done. And so if we want to unpack that, when you are working with with people uh, tell us a little bit about more about your techniques that you use and the way you coach them around that 
Well, I'm a little different than most coaches in the, in the sense that I'm always looking for what's the common issue for people. And a lot of times it comes way back to their childhood experience. And it's either a perception they've made about themselves that has created a belief system. Perceptions can be something that we assume about ourselves at a very young age that is no longer true. So for instance, if someone if someone had experience of maybe they were playing a sport at a young age and they looked in the stands and, and dad goes, yay, good job. And then all of a sudden they struck out on their baseball game and, it, and it actually lost the game. If they look up in the stands and see dad kind of shake their head no and shrug their shoulders and look down, what would you think most children would, would take away about themselves, about that scenario? They probably wouldn't even remember the good job and they'd just focus on the fact that they failed. Mm -hmm, exactly. So they walk away. They could be feeling, I'm a failure. They could be feeling, I'm a disappointment. Um, and so that experience continues to move throughout their lives. And as a solopreneur, if we're not feeling up on our game, it could be back to something as simple, simple as that. It's a perception that we made an, an assumption about ourselves that's not, tr not true. Then there's also the belief systems, and our belief systems are created, one, from perceptions, but also from, also from um, experiences or someone telling us something about ourselves at a young age. Mm. So when a, a client came to me, had a thriving chiropractic office, and he said, I want to set up a second location. But every time I get just to that point of moving forward to get that second location, something happens. I sabotage myself somehow. And I want this to stop because I really want the second location. I don't understand what's going on. And as we started digging a little bit deeper, he started telling me a story about when he was about 10 and he had his first paying job. Do you remember your first paying job? I do. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Uh, it was right out, well, my first paying job uh, was while I was in college. I worked at a 7-Eleven. Okay, awesome. See, I started working at 13 at a Dairy Queen, and yes, I do know how to make those curly cues on the top of the cones. <laughs> you had to be professional with that. Uh, but of course, babysat when I was 8, 9, 10 years old. Well, his first paying job was mowing his neighbor's lawn. And then the neighbor said, I'll pay you $10 to mow my lawn. Hot summer day, the kid goes, yay. And he's mowing back and forth in the rows, just like his dad taught him. And he's thinking, I'm getting paid for this. I'm so excited. He finishes, pushes the lawnmower back to the front of his home where his dad is standing. And as the neighbor came over, his dad was just you know, waiting there patiently. Neighbor gave the boy a $10 bill. His dad took it out of his hand, handed it back to the neighbor and said, he's not worth it. Oh, that's horrible. It is horrible. Now, for him, that second location, some 30 years later, as he's trying to open his second location, what we became to realize is what he was doing was trying to prove to his dad that he was worth it. And... For whatever reason, the belief that the one thriving practice wasn't enough, he thought he needed two to prove that to his dad. 
Mm. When he realized he didn't have to do that anymore, he won, reconciled the relationship with his dad and kept his thriving practice that he had because he had young children at the time. And what he really right. wanted more than anything was spend time with them. So that's how my work works, <laughs> how my work works, how I work, my, what I do. And mm-hmm. I do that through hypnosis and a technique called, now it's called marketed as tapping or emotional freedom technique or EFT. Mm-hmm. And what right. that does is dislodge the negative space. So the old beliefs or perceptions you have are just neutralized. Mm-hmm. And then you can move forward with much more ease. It becomes your new normal, your new thought patterns and your new actions. And what uh, I appreciate you explaining that that way, using that example, that was really helpful. And one of the things for me as we were working together regarding breaking through is I, I didn't even realize a lot of the things I was thinking or the languaging I was using. And it's, it's interesting, I listened to an interview, uh, Sean Doyle and Fred Diamond the other day, and Sean was talking about how we're not discreet enough with our language. The things that come out of our mouth can be uh, detrimental to our mindset because we're kind of selling ourselves short in our own language, the way we talk about ourselves. And it's because we really don't think about it because it just has become a habit, mm-hmm. a habit of speaking, a habit of the way we see ourselves. And that's what I love about someone like you who can actually come in without the emotional attachments, without all that practiced habit and help that client of yours actually see where they're kind of self-sabotaging, as you said in that example. Yes, that's, that's exactly, and thank you for, for saying that. That's exactly what I do. And it is interesting how someone else can hear what we're saying, that we can't hear our own voices sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so that repetition of negativity that we may be speaking and not even aware of does create neural pathways in our brain, mm-hmm. and then that creates the habit. Mm-hmm, and so you don't definitely. even realizing you're creating habits that are sabotaging your efforts. And you think you're working, you're at your desk, you're working really hard. And then you're not getting any reward from it. And that's because of, just like you said, it starts with perceptions, beliefs, and then what are we saying to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, another thing I, I read this morning, an article about... Um, Oh, my goodness. It was from Elaine Profelt, and she was writing about uh, she's the one who wrote uh, the one million dollar one uh, the million dollar one person business. It's a great book, by the way. Um, I'm actually going to be interviewing her on a future show. And she studies solopreneurs and, you know, what they do in their business and how they got to where they're at and just kind of like how that's really transforming the economy, this solopreneur type of movement (laughs) in a way where people are leaving the corporate world and the J-O-B world and they're starting their own business. And it's so funny because I'm actually doing a survey right now of solopreneurs and almost every single answer on why they chose to be a solopreneur is freedom freedom and flexibility. And uh, it's remarkable that, you know, our, our society and the workplace and the economy just doesn't really allow for that the way we want it, per se. Mm-hmm. And so when we're looking at solopreneurs and this one that uh, Elaine wrote about, 
she talked about how she wanted to grow her coaching business. And she said, I just decided that day that I was going to have a million dollar business and I operated from that perspective. So everything she thought about or decided was what would a million dollar business owner do in this situation? And that just speaks to how we perceive ourselves, that perception, that belief. And it has to be a conscious thing. It has to be something that we work on deliberately in order for us to create new neural pathways and make that work in our own lives and become the new routine. I absolutely agree. And there's, and, and I love the vision because you're creating a vision about your business and taking ownership, becoming the CEO of your business, even though you're a solopreneur, you need to be the CEO, which means that decisions lie on you. And what gets in our way a lot of times when I'm talking to people who are solopreneurs who want to grow their business but know they're, they're stuck or sabotaged is one of four areas. And one of them is that they don't take ownership in their business. And one of them is, I feel like a fake. Mm, and you've probably the imposter heard, syndrome. Yep, yeah. You've heard that before. Exactly. Yeah. And so that equates to I'm not enough. Yes. And I had a, a really good friend and she and I started our businesses about the same time. I was out there being super silly, but yet very aggressive in my business, doing speaking, webinars, wherever I could talk, I was talking to people. Mm-hmm. And she kept telling me, well, I'm going to get this one more certification, just this one more certification. Mm-hmm. And then, and when I get my database, I'm going to put it in my website. And then, and that went on for maybe six or seven years. Wow. And that was a bunch of missed opportunities. Exactly. She kept getting credentials because she didn't feel like she was enough Mm. for her business. And unfortunately, she passed away about three years ago. She never even realized. It is sad. And it's sad because that imposter syndrome kept her in that place of stuckness, which isn't even a word, but you know what the heck. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It kept her in that space that she couldn't own her business. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't step out and be the spokesperson for her business. And that just breaks my heart to see that kind of thing happen over and over again. And most of the time, they don't even realize that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're busy. Yeah, we can be busy. they feel like they're producing, yeah. Right. We're sitting behind our desk. We're emailing. But that isn't quite creating the results in, you know, productivity, but money. And so to have a million-dollar business, there's a lot of avenues that you have to move into with a great deal of confidence. Mm-hmm. And you know that whole saying about uh, fake it till you make it? Mm-hmm. I've done that. It's not always easy. There's easier routes. And so that you actually can own it. Um, and Do you want me to go ahead and do the other three that people yes, get stuck please. on? Okay. So the other thing that people get stuck on, and this sounds really crazy, but it's, it's a disloyalty aspect or they feel they're going to be abandoned. So if I become successful, and and remember, this is a lot of times subconscious or unconscious even, if I become successful, I am disloyal to or going to be abandoned by, and this usually is around uh, partners, spouses, boyfriends, Mm -hmm. girlfriends, um, and family. So had, had a client who was a CFO for an a city here in Florida, and she wanted to branch out into coaching. 
And that the struggle was, it's disloyal to my family because my family believes you go to school, go to college, get the degree, get a job, stay there until you retire. Yeah. And being an entrepreneur, a solopreneur on her own was way out of their scope of what you should be doing with your life. Mm-hmm. And that I'm going to be disloyal to my family, even to this unspoken rule. No one said that with you. Her it was an unspoken rule, was holding her back from branching out, and which she actually did. She did get it, go out with her own business, very successful. Or I'm going to be abandoned. So if I'm successful, so and so won't love me anymore. Again, subconscious, mm-hmm. unconscious. The other one is it's going to be a burden, and it's too much responsibility. Or I'm going to be a burden. So if I'm successful, it's going to be hard work, long hours. And many of the people who go into solar entrepreneurship have already worked corporate jobs where they're working hard and they're working yeah. long hours. Yeah. So it's not really that much different. It just feels different in some mm-hmm. way. Um, so the, the responsibility of success is a burden. If yeah, it's I become, like the buck stops here. Right, know. exactly. So I get to be a million-dollar uh, business. Who am I responsible for? You're going to have mm-hmm. to have a team at one point, even if they're virtual assistants. So who am I responsible for? Oh, my gosh, I don't want that burden to have to continue to make that amount of money. Yeah, and that's one that you really worked with me on because I had uh, some struggles in the early days where I was getting so much work and I was having to do all of it myself because mm-hmm. I was re- resistant to build a team because in my mind it's like, well, nobody can do as good a job as I can. <laughs> <laughs> and you really helped me move through that. And it's really transformed my business because I've got a team now and it's working so much better. And I'm able to actually uh, take on more clients as a result, which is fabulous. Absolutely. And they can't do it as well as you. And that's true for all of us. They can't. However, they can do well enough mm-hmm. that they're still supporting your clients. And then with your interaction, you know, you can step it up that, that space. So, exactly. um, but it's, it's, it's better to have the ability to have other people help you than not and do it all on your own. The fourth one, and, and I don't see this often, but I see this occasionally, it's the fear of outshining others. And so those, you know, the, the starving artist communities, I, that's where I see it. Um, one person will want to grow their business by being out there more. Um, entertainers, this is true as well. And to do that, they're going to have to be seen. And that outshining my peers or my loved ones holds them back and keeps them in that space I heard a, a metaphor years ago and I thought it was very fascinating and I had to check credentials to make sure it was true <laughs> before I could tell it. And they, they tell me it's true. So when you put crabs in a barrel, mm-hmm. the crabs will actually climb on top of each other to get to the top to get out. Mm-hmm. And then when one gets to the top, the rest of them will pull it down. And so the fear about shining is a little of that. The, the peer pressure of being in that group continues to pull them down and they mm-hmm. have to actually move away from that space in order to be successful. Yeah. And there's that thought of, you know, I don't want to be a show off because exactly. that's like negative. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. 
Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Season two of the Simplify and Multiply show is all about dealing with fears and unknowns in business. And no one knows the reality of staring fear in the face better than a solopreneur. That's why I created a community where solos could gather in a judgment-free, safe space that is overflowing with people who are facing similar challenges unique to a solopreneur. We all need to support one another, and I can't think of a more positive environment than that of solo professionals growing their businesses. This is why I created the Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. If you are a solo, no matter where you are in your business, starting out or leveling up, I invite you to join us in the Peer Club for the support, the community, and the inspiration solo professionals need to thrive. Visit simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up to be part of this very special group. So one of the things I wanted to ask you of, of earlier that you were talking about, I've, I've Looking at my clients, when I start working with someone new and putting together their strategy and then we start implementing, implementation takes time. It takes time to build a website. It takes time to write copy. It takes time to do all the branding and the messaging and all the lead stuff. I mean, everything that needs to happen. It can take anywhere from a month to two months, depending on how much implementing we're doing. And it's so funny because I always have to kind of have a a little coaching chat with my clients because they want to wait until that stuff is all done before they actually start going out and selling. And one of the things I always tell them is you can get out, especially with the people I work with, you know, speakers, consultants, and Mm -hmm. experts, you can start making relationships, reaching out to people on LinkedIn, you know, and whatever specifically regarding their particular uh, business right now. You don't need to wait for this stuff. I mean, you're not really changing. It's just, (laughs) you know, it's just this new platform that's going to make it more automated and much more simple for you. You know what to say, right? I've given you all that in the strategy. All you got to do is pick up the phone or send an email and reach out to people. And they're like, oh, I can't use you as as an excuse to do something I'm not comfortable doing, you know? (laughs) And they're just like, oh, okay, it's that simple. I'm like, yeah, yeah, We as business owners, we have to sell. We have to get on the phone. And that's another thing that you helped me with, I remember. And it's true. And And that's a form of putting yourself out there. And I know that a lot of solopreneurs... Of course, they're resistant to sales and marketing and things like that. They just want to do the work, right? Just hire me and do the work. But if nobody knows about you, it's not going to help you. And just, you know, messing around on social media isn't going to get you business. You really need to facilitate it as best as possible so you can actually do the work, get paid, and get more clients. And it's really interesting to see the the resistance of putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that because that is a fear and unknown in business. And it can be driven, as you've given those examples, in many different ways, many different belief systems. Absolutely. And actually, I did create a self-hypnosis recording. It is called Pick Up the Phone because so many of my clients have that issue and I I do as what I do and did as well Mm -hmm. and um, now that I find find it's pretty easy just pick up the phone and call people because the reality is most of the time you're gonna get voicemail anyway so (laughs) about 75% (laughs) of the time so again it's going to come back to one of those four burdens that you're holding on to so it's definitely going to come back to one of those so so start paying attention where am I what am I saying to myself that's Mm -hmm. holding me back Um, you know 
fear of being seen also, and, and speaking too, also may go back to something from childhood. So as you know, I'm a professional speaker. And when I went into training to be a professional speaker, I kept thinking, what the heck are you doing? I'm reserved. Um, some people would call me shy as I was growing up. I'm pretty much the wallflower. And here I was learning how to speak in front of hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And every time I would go on stage, I would get really nervous. And of course, I'd do the tapping, and the nerves would go down. I'd get on stage, it'd be great, but go great. Get off stage, it'd be awesome. But every time, so the next time it was the same thing. And so one day when I was doing the tapping for my nervousness and how angry I was that this was getting ridiculous, <laughs> it happened over and over again, and that I knew the tapping was, wor- was working, but what was going on that created this nervousness? All of a sudden I had an image in my mind about being about 10 years old. I could see what I was wearing. It was a summer day. It was at a church that was not ours. It was probably at a wedding, don't know whose, doesn't matter. And I saw my mom talking to another adult. I also realized that I had something very urgent she needed to know. It was probably about my brother, but that's beside the point too. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw myself in this beautiful dress that I love to wear, going up and tagging on my mom's sleeve, mom, mom, mom. And she gave me that look. Now, those of you that are mothers, you've probably given that look. Other rest of us, they you get that look from your mother, and that is leave me alone. I grew up in the era of don't speak to your, your parents if they're speaking to another adult. I remember going back just a few minutes later again, mom, 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 and I got even a deeper look. What I perceived as I walked away from that was you have nothing important to say. Mm. Now, 25, 30 years later, I'm trying to be a professional speaker going on stage. It's no wonder I was getting nervous because I didn't have anything important to say. And once I tapped that away, I could neutralize that feeling. So really it's paying attention to which of these four burdens or barriers is, is keeping me stuck from being seen, from getting out there, um, are you afraid of being exposed? Are you afraid of being vulnerable? What's and where does that come from? And mm-hmm. then working on that so that you can be comfortable with who you are and go out and do these things. Because now I rarely prepare. I mean, I have I have an idea what I'm going to talk about. I have an outline. And if it's a brand new speech, then I certainly have some outlines and stories involved so I know what I'm talking about and the points and all of that. But I, I rarely get nervous about anything going on, speaking on stage, because it neutralized that entire perception for me. Mm-hmm. And that's that can happen for everyone. Now, do, do people need to, I mean, if they can't find that image like you did of your 10-year-old mm-hmm. self, if they can't really mine that from their memories, uh, what are some of the other ways that they can kind of move through a barrier like that that's created a belief system that's preventing them from being successful? So one is awareness. Awareness is always the key to anything that you want to change, just paying attention and listening. And a lot, and some of my clients come to me and say, I want to know why. Why is this happening? 
we may not ever find the why. Mm. We may never find the why. Because it could be a series of several things that has happened in your life. So just pay attention, be aware of what's, what's the feeling, what am I thinking? And then with those, you can start neutralizing the reaction to the thought and the awareness. So what's the feeling is the next question. What is the feeling this is bringing? The third question is, where may I have learned this from? Or who may I have learned this from? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're just emulating reactions that we saw from our parents or uh, someone we loved or a teacher. So we're just emulating their reaction. It's not even ours, to tell you the truth. It's just what we saw other people, how we saw other people cope, and so we react the same way. And with those two questions, you can really drill down. You might not ever see an image, but you can start really drilling down into, well, do I want this? Do I want to keep this? If it's not mine, why do I keep doing this? And then it's a decision. And once you make a decision, then all your actions become much easier. In the interim, if you're still stumbling with that, then, then seek someone to help you. Don't have to do this alone. And that's mm -hmm. where a lot of my solopreneurs get, get caught up too, is they hold yeah. on to the struggle for way too long when it may be as simple as just a few sessions and we've moved them past it so they can take action that they need to take to grow their business. Yeah, and sometimes it can be something that can click into place really easily. And I know you've helped me tremendously uh, through you. the sessions we've had together, and I thank you for that. And so when we're looking at some of the fears that solopreneurs are experiencing, and fear is kind of like a general bucket that a lot of things uh, fall into. I like how precise we're being regarding, um, you know, where some of these things are, are birthed from mm -hmm. or adopted and how they're actually having an impact on our performance and what we're actually able to do in our business. What are some of the other fears that you find solos uh, coming to you uh, with and that you're able to actually do some sessions and work with them to uncover those beliefs that are behind that? Well, it, it does vary quite a bit. So there is, and it always comes, they always come to me with the symptom first. Mm -hmm. So I can't get myself to, like we talked about, pick up the phone or be seen or go to networking or I can't get myself to, you know, I, I work also with a lot of people in sales, which is very fascinating. So I can't get myself to just show up. Um, there's also a fear of a big fear of rejection a lot of times too, and that's what causing Definitely. them not to do that. Yeah, they they're afraid that they're, somebody's going to say no. And truthfully, for me now, I'm so grateful when someone says no because I can take them off my follow up list. <laughs> and I don't have to keep <laughs> that's calling. That's true. <laughs> like, that yay. is true. Um, and someone else said, "Well, then just ask them who do they know that may be interested." So exactly. that's another Go for angle. The referral. Yeah, mm -hmm. Another angle for it. Um, many times it's just that they are, uh, they're tired. When the solopreneurs come to me tired because, like you said, they try to do everything. And then when they try to do everything, there's a, a perfectionism that pops up. It's not perfect enough, which is not enough. So the symptoms first, usually. And then we can start drilling into what's going on for them and so that they can get the results they want. 
what's going on in the brain, what's going on in their mind. And it, it, like you said, it's so different for everyone because because of how our brains work differently. So for someone else that's a solopreneur, they're not going to have any trouble picking up the phone. They're not going to have any trouble going to for sales, but they have trouble sitting at their desk doing the detail work. Right. And so we have to figure out what's going on for them and how we can move past it. So, so it is very different for each and every each and every person, but I do find that it usually comes down to one of those four burdens or or barriers that I talked about. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And you know, one of the things you said about they uh, that solos try to do everything. I mean, I I was definitely suffering from that condition for a long time, because I know how to do everything, so I want to do it. I want to. I enjoy it. That's part mm-hmm. of the problem. Uh, well, except bookkeeping. Bookkeeping kind of sucks. But <laughs> That's why you have a team member do that. <laughs> exactly. And I do now. So, but one of the things I wanted to ask you is I hear a lot of solopreneurs complaining that they don't have enough time. And I think it dovetails perfectly into that. Now, when someone comes to you and they're like, I don't have enough time or I can't make it work or whatever the time constraint, they're feeling pressure from something. And so when you have people that are dealing with that, how do you work with them? It's really interesting because as you said at the very beginning about this, is that a lot of people go into being a solopreneur because of their flexibility. And then they get into the work and realize that this take, does take quite a bit of time. Yep. And if you're not used to scheduling time, then it becomes even more difficult. Also, having not having enough time is a lack mentality. And so that means, yeah, lack mentality means that there's not enough. And, and I don't mean like you're not enough, but that also can go and move into money. So if you're feeling a lack of time, then there's probably a lack of money and there's a lack of other things in your life. So you, you're continuing the, the vision of there's, there's not enough time. We all have 24 hours in a day. You know, billionaires have 24 hours in a day. They just utilize their time differently. And with and the, the one thing most of us resist when we're trying to do this on our own is to create systems and to create a schedule for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when you do both of those things, then you do have more flexibility. You do have more time and you have less worry, which is what people are mostly coming to me about too is that they have more stress and worry in their lives and that stress and worry is because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing if you work an eight to five job you know what you're supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. on a minute to minute basis and you know when you're going to lunch and you know when you're taking your break and you know all of that well when we're in our middle of our work we don't have that so scheduling and i i block time i think that's one of the best things that ever was invented so I block time for when I'm having seeing my clients. I block time for when I'm making my sales calls. I block time for when I'm doing research. And then I block time for all the tasks that I have. Because I always have four or five projects going on at one time. Mm-hmm. Some people might find the project manager software appropriate for them to do that. But what happens is when you become more scheduled, you have more flexibility. And I know that sounds bizarre. It sounds counterintuitive. It yeah, for does. Sure. But that's what most of my... My entrepreneurs, as well as myself, have found out that the more scheduled I am, the more time I have for myself. And also be aware that if you don't have enough time, it's also saying that you're not enough. 
in a in a very kind of a deep type of way because mm-hmm. you're trying to fit into everything. So don't allow yourself to be burnt out. And don't buy into all of this, these myths about being a solopreneur that you have to work 60, 80 hours a week. I just found recently that I decided I'm, I'm no longer scheduling a 40-hour week. I'm scheduling a 30-hour week. Does that mean I have two extra days off? I can if I want to, but what that means is I have those days to fit in those projects that I'm working on, and then I don't have the guilt or the feeling of I should be doing something else, and that happens quite a bit too with solopreneurs. I should be doing something else. So I'm answering, you're answering your email and you keep thinking, well, I should be working on this project. So you're not giving your full attention to what you're right. doing. Right. And that's a lack mentality as well. So I'm sorry that I'm sharing this with you, but scheduling and blocking your time out is the best way to get your freedom and flexibility back. Hey, no need to apologize because <laughs> it, you know, when you commit to it and do it, it does work. It really does. I, I I'll. I'll say that for myself. And I'm I'm a big planner fan. I love, you know, working. In fact, I just bought a new one from Moleskin that's a, a, a weekly planner. And I'm so excited it starts next week. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I could start using that. I love blocking out time. And I actually started this, I think a couple months ago, I started leaving Friday completely blocked off for a day where I can work on my business. Mm-hmm. And it may be working on my content. It could be working on, you know, some new project. It varies. But I've given myself as a gift that that is my day and I can do whatever I want regarding my business on that day. Right. Every other day of the week, my clients get all the attention, all the love. My team does, et cetera. But it's, it was totally freeing. And I felt like I was giving myself such a nice gift that I was allowing myself to work on my business in such a way that, you know how they say, it's like you, the cobbler's children don't have any shoes. Right. You know, when you're out there, like <laughs> your website sucks and that's what I do for a living, right? It's like I create conversion websites and mine sucks, but I, I could never do that, right? <laughs> yeah. So I try to put my money where my mouth is and make sure that what I'm doing is modeling what I'm recommending for my clients. And I've dedicated time to do that because it's important to me. And I think that's the other thing about, you know, not having enough time or not scheduling People have not figured out how to prioritize, that they make everything equally important. And when you stop and look at your business and know that you've got to fill your pipeline, the number one most important thing is activities that will fill your pipeline, not taking care of clients, not whatever else. It's get on the phone, send an email, reach out, figure out ways to fill that pipeline. That's got to be your number one priority. And when you focus on that, and that's how I really got that shift after we did our work together, it's like I had to make it a priority, like my life depended on it. And it was a big shift for me. And it really, like the results were remarkable uh, because I made that commitment to myself and made it a priority. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what, and what happened for me and happens for many of my clients is that the minute I decided I was going to schedule less, more clients started popping up. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, because that's I let cool. I let go of that lack mentality and yeah. that, that there wasn't enough. So um, it's always so funny to like you said, you know, for ourselves as solo entrepreneurs to use our own techniques to uh, help and <laughs> in, in the results that we get as, and then we can share it with our clients and be like, well this really does work because it worked for me. 
So, um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, it's amazing to help people. And I know you, you love this too, help people to shine, to be able to move past what's keeping them stuck and step out there and share their gifts. And for many people in the healing arts, which would be like massage therapists and hypnotists like us, like myself and energy therapists, um, a lot of times they're really, really amazing at their, their, they have great abilities, they're amazing with their mm-hmm. skill, but they don't know how to run a business. And yeah. so to see them be out there so that people can see them and know they're available and help more people, yeah. it's such an honor for me. And it just melts my heart. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And and I tell so many people about you, and I just want to uh, say to our listener, I will have lots of great information on how you can learn more about Vicki and connect with her and see if uh, there's some things that maybe she could help you with in your business as you're doing your thing and trying to find more time and more clients and all that good stuff that us solopreneurs deal with every day. Any final thoughts, Vicki? Um. As I said, you know, look at your, what, be aware. Be aware of what you're saying. Be aware of what mm. you're thinking. Pay attention. And those are going to be good clues as to what's keeping you stuck. And then make a decision. And that's what it kind of boils down to. Make a decision that you're just not going to deal with that anymore. And if it keeps coming up, then find somebody, a professional to help you. Yeah. Just take ownership of the fact yeah. that you're you're the one that's responsible for the outcome of your life and creating the world you want to be in. And nobody else can influence that other than you. And uh, starting with that awareness is a great, great tip. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we got to talk today and we got to create this session for our listeners. And thank you so much for being here again. I'm going to have lots of information about Vicki on the show notes page. So make sure you check that out. Vicki, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.